0: Hey from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Hey, Darren, how you doing? I'm doing good.
1: Happy holidays and happy New Year, good sir. This is the first podcast episode of 2023
0: for the SNL Nerds. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. It's actually the last one we're recording in... 2022 but it will be the the first one up for our podcast for uh 2023 you you should be hearing this on january 2nd or sometime after that so you you're listening to us in the future in the year the oh god you all right there
1: i thought i thought i could do it i was i flew too close to the sun on that one
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: i mm. I'm not young. I'm not a young man anymore. Not a yeah, young man.
0: Anymore. You got to be professional to do that. Yes.
1: yes exactly.
0: Not everyone is a La Bamba.
1: Yes, I know. I thought I was a La Bamba. I am. I am no La Bamba.
0: <laughs> None of us are. None of us are. Oh, so well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, SNL still off. So we, of course, we had that discussion. We were like, "Oh, okay. It's it's January. What are we gonna do?" And I had an idea because (laughs) there was an idea there was an idea for for january of 2023 actually on new year's day um all of the sherlock holmes stories are going into public domain in the united states uh because the rule is it's like 95 years um so sir arthur connor doyle wrote his very last what turned out to be his last Sherlock Holmes story in 1927. So it'll be 27 years since then. So as of the new year, all 60 of Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes stories, what's called the canon, are in the public domain. So everybody can use every element in those stories for their own stuff. And they don't have to clear it with the Conan Doyle estate. Right, right. That's kind of cool. That's pretty
1: cool. I see. I also thought you wanted to do this, well, for two reasons. Because a, yes. I know you're a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. Uh, I am. Yes, Holmes head. I believe that you're called. Uh, and b, like I did, I looked it up. I think isn't like Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes official birthday in January.
0: Yeah, of- his, his the Sherlock Holmes fans. They de- They basically decided that his birthday was January sixth. Mm. Um, and it's for this real esoteric reason because like. Have you ever read any of the Sherlock Holmes stories? Have you read even a few of them?
1: Uh, I think I briefly perused one or two and, uh, you know, way back in the day, but like in maybe high school or something. And, right, I know, right. I just, and I was like, man, this is, this is just a ripoff of Encyclopedia Brown. No, sure. thank you.
0: Sure. Um, so, you know, like there's, there's this huge Sherlock Holmes fandom um, and, Sherlock Holmes fandom, they play this thing that they call the game, which is basically where we pretend that Sherlock Holmes is a real person and, and Watson was a real person who was writing about Sherlock Holmes because most of the Sherlock Holmes stories are, are told from the point of view of Dr. Watson. Um, but we don't learn a whole lot about their personal histories in the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear a little about like when Holmes was in college uh, but he never says, like, which college he went to. So there's like big debates about whether he went to Oxford or Cambridge or whatever. And we don't know exactly when his birthday was because Doyle never tells us in the stories. But some Sherlock Holmes fan, um, and this is, I'm sure, ages ago, they said, well, Twelfth Night is the only Shakespeare play that Sherlock Holmes quotes from twice in the entire canon, and The Twelfth Night After Christmas is January 6th, so that play had a special meaning to Sherlock Holmes because it was his birthday. So that's, I mean, like I said, it's real esoteric reasoning, but it gives us a date to celebrate his birthday, and it's, you know, that's kind of neat, so yes. Okay. So Sherlockians or Holmesians... Uh, they oh. consider January sixth to be Sherlock Holmes's birthday. The Holmes boys, Holmes boys, oh, yeah, Holmes boys, yes. Okay. And so, I, I thought it would be interesting or fun or something to do uh, the movie Holmes and Watson from twenty eighteen, where Will Ferrell plays Sherlock Holmes and John C. Riley plays Doctor Watson. Oh uh, yeah, you 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 thought that would be a good idea, did did you? Well, okay. Here's the thing. Oh, okay. Um, I was intrigued by the premise when, when I heard that this was coming out and I was like, oh, well, I bet that will be funny because Will Ferrell and John C. Reilly have done some funny movies together. They did Talladega Nights. They did Step Brothers. Those are both very funny movies. And, you know, Holmes and Watson, you could do good parodies of them. You could. There've been, there've been funny parody movies. Um... But when this came out, the reviews were just savage, man. It was pretty rough. Uh, yeah. So
1: for those that don't know, this movie came out on Christmas Day uh, four yeah. years ago, December twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. Uh, written and directed by Ethan Cohen. Uh, yeah. That name might sound familiar because he's the, he uh, he's one of the people that wrote uh, Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. He wrote the screenplay of Idiocracy and. Um, three years prior to this movie coming out, he had written and directed the movie Get Hard with uh, Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. So, Which
0: I have not seen. I have not seen that one. I have
1: um, I have not seen it either, no.
0: Yeah, I've seen the trailers. Um, I know the premise that Will Ferrell's going to prison and he thinks that um, Kevin Hart was in prison, but he wasn't. So Kevin Hart is just telling him what prison is like and he, of course, has no idea himself. Right. That's... And Alison Brees in lingerie. Yeah. Oh, Those are, the, those are literally the only <laughs> things I remember from the trailer. You should have led with that. <laughs> yeah, I buried the lead there. Yeah. But <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, this movie came out, had a budget of 42 mil, made 41.9. Almost broke even. Almost. <laughs>
0: we almost got there. Um. Yeah, the reviews. I looked up some of the reviews. They were savage. And apparently, like, lots of people... Lots of reviewers and lots of audiences were walking out of this movie. Wow! Um, I found I found an Entertainment Weekly item uh, from December 27th of 2018, and it's reporting that it, it quoted from several of the reviews, and it had uh, it has like about five quote, tweets they quote from people who just walked out at some point in the movie, and
1: yeah. <laughs> Walked out? Wow. I, why? Why? Takes you, a
0: lot to make me walk out of a movie. Uh, I haven't walked out of too many movies.
1: Um, okay. Yeah, I was about to ask you that if you walked out of any movies.
0: Uh, Alien Resurrection. I remember I walked out of that. Ooh. Okay. Um. I can't. I can't think what else. I, I know there've been a couple
1: others. Uh. I mean, I've never walked out. I have this thing in me where it's like, well, I pay for this movie. I'm gonna see it through. So I've never. Yeah. Sat through, I've never. I mean, I've been to movies where I probably should have left, but I just didn't. Yeah, but I I'm do, usually
0: like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I do remember a friend of mine telling me he did walk out of uh, the happening the M. Night Shyamalan movie with okay. uh, with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel. Like, he yeah. he said the, the acting was like beyond bad, like laughably bad, and right, if the premise was just dumb and you know mark Wahlberg trying to be a science teacher but like oh my god we got to get out of here Is oh my this- god
0: oh the plants are after us <laughs> yeah what's going on
1: yeah it's it was he was just like they were just how like, these no. plants
0: get like this oh my god <laughs> you,
1: you see that tree it almost came after me what's the deal with the tree bro <laughs> His fly was efficient. Yeah.
0: Um, I remember with Alien Resurrection, I was seeing it with my buddy Lawson, and my, my buddy Lawson had seen it in the movie before, and he kind of, I think halfway through the movie, he kind of picked up that I wasn't enjoying it at all, and he was like, you're not digging this, are you? And I was like, no, no, I'm not. And he was like, well, let's leave, because I've seen it, and we can just walk around the mall. And so that's what we did. Okay. <laughs> and so to this day, I've never seen the end of Alien Resurrection, and I don't really regret that. Okay. Um, <laughs> There have been there have been movies where like the film broke halfway through where there was like a power outage. Um, And that and so I've never seen I've never seen the end of Shanghai Noon. And oh, wow. um, I know the first time I went to see Star Trek Generations, uh, the film broke and like burned up in the in the projector. Uh, and we, we went to another theater that was showing it that night. It was opening night and, you know, it was a new Star Trek movie. So we had to see that. Um, I feel like there's another movie I walked out of when, when I was a kid, my family took us to a re-release of Blazing Saddles and my parents didn't really know how blue Blazing Saddles got. Oh dear. (laughs) And we were still pretty young. Um, so they had us walk out during the campfire scene. The farting scene—that's like the most the farting tamest... scene, yeah, yeah. That's like the most tamest part. Well, I mean, like I said, we were pretty young. I, I had to be—I was maybe six, okay, so probably a little young. There's a scene where, like, they drop n bombs. Your parents were throwing. Okay, well, it was the late seventies, and end bombs were still totally okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. Did the they have n bombs before the campfire scene? I don't remember.
1: No, I mean there was that one where. Uh... Uh Cleveland Little walks up to that little old lady, He's like, Oh, is it good, good good morning, ma'am. Ain't it a lovely morning?
0: Right, but that's when he like first arrives in town. Yeah, that's true. They don't they don't have anything before that. Yeah, I, I think I think we were out of there before there were any end bombs. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't I I didn't write down when when the end bombs occurred in Blazing Saddles, so Well, maybe you should. <laughs> maybe I should. <laughs> I will do that the next time yeah. I watch Blazing Saddles, but um, so yeah, this movie, um, uh, Holmes and Watson uh, yeah, it's,
1: hmm. Should we just like, how do, how do you want to do this? Do you want to like maybe talk, go B for B or just talk about it in generalities? Like maybe I, I think more
0: generalities. Cause this is one of those ones where I like started to write notes and then about maybe a half hour in, I, I just sort of gave up on the notes cause yeah here's the thing it's not very funny no um and the mystery isn't really good there's not much of a mystery to it so no <laughs> it fails on both of those levels so it, <laughs> it's not very entertaining uh <laughs> yeah it's neither a comedy nor a mystery <laughs> no i mean it's attempting to be both of those things um not really getting well here let's
1: talk let's be positive what what did they did they get what did they get right with this film they like as far mm-hmm. as the um doing comparing it to like the author uh mm-hmm. original authors at Tech, did they get most of the I tone right there there anything?
0: were there were some things there there are like some easter eggs in there if you're a, like a Sherlock Holmes fan um like okay they they start out the movie and we see like Sherlock. It's it, it starts out in 1867, and it's Sherlock's first day of school, and he's he's picked on by everybody else of the kid uh, at, at the school, and he uses his powers of observation to get everyone else expelled. Which I thought that was kind of neat. That was that was cute. Yeah, that was that wasn't too bad. The, and the then, op- he, and the then op- he's op- educated by himself, and then he of course meets uh, John Watson there at school. That's not connected to the canon. The, the canon is what, uh, Sherlock Holmes fans call the 60 stories that Arthur Conan Doyle wrote. Got it. Um, you know, and everything else is just considered sort of non-canonical or fan fiction. Um, so the, the very first Sherlock Holmes story, uh, a study in Scarlet has them meeting as adults, but you know, we've already done the young Sherlock Holmes movie where they meet at school. So, you know, and it's a comedy, so I'm not expecting them to get everything 100% right. Right, um, right, right. So, that, you know, that was kind of a cute opening. And it's talking about how, like, Holmes is repressing his emotions so he can be the, the great observer and detective that he is. Um. Yeah, yeah. Like, that scene
1: went, though, was cool. Like, when I, yeah. everybody in school is bullying him. Yeah. And, like, he's crying. Like, he kind of chose to like you know shut off his feelings and be ice cold and he's like trying to right pull put he's trying to will the tears back into his eyes and yeah it, they
0: they like run the film backwards so a, a tear goes back into his eye which is, I mean, that's sort of cute not not like haha funny but okay you know I see what they're going for yeah uh, I could have done with the without the joke of him like kissing the ass uh yeah that was not a human ass. He he kisses a donkey's ass because they blindfold him and they say, "Hey, this girl you have a crush on, she wants to kiss you," and they they trick him into kissing a donkey on the ass. It's it's sort of the same idea, but not as funny as the bit in Step Brothers where he he puts his tongue on the poop.
1: Yeah, like I don't. I think that might have been one of my biggest. All right, well, I guess we'll get into gripes. My biggest yeah. gripes with this film, is, like the humor in it, is like super slapsticky. Like almost like Three Stooges, like um, you know, sophomoric stuff. And like I'm fine yeah. with like sort of good, you know, good natured sophomoric humor. But it seemed mm-hmm. like with this one, it was like so uh, kind of lazy sophomoric humor. Yeah, like yeah. the scene I mean, where, I... like in the scene where they're, they're trying to kill a mosquito, and that takes up like a good like three minutes of them just like smacking each other in the face mm-hmm. trying to kill this mosquito. I was like, it's... right. This kind of, this kind of seems like beneath you guys. Like this, yeah. Is...
0: It's a mosquito that carries like this deadly African virus, and they're they it keeps landing on their faces, so they're slapping each other. And then, Will Ferrell grabs like a paddle to smack John C. Riley in the face, and then they smash open a, a uh, uh, a glass enclosure that has bees in it, and then the, the, there's a swarm of bees. And and that's a bit of a canon reference because oh, um, they say that after Sherlock Holmes retires, he one of the things he does is go he keeps bees on the English countryside. Oh, that's cool. So, I was like, oh okay, that's it. I mean, so they've obviously read some Sherlock Holmes stories and done some stuff and they've watched some of the other films. Like in an early scene, uh, Professor Moriarty is going on trial and they're saying it's a trial of the century and, and Holmes is planning to storm in and and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. And that's very close to the opening of one of the the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes films called The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. Uh, from nineteen thirty nine. So I was like, oh, okay, they're doing like a sort of a riff on that. So I enjoy kind of spotting the canon references or the references to other Sherlock Holmes things. Okay. Um, okay. So I enjoyed like that aspect of it of the of like looking for Easter eggs. But you know, after a while. There wasn't too much of that.
1: Yeah, like uh, I mean, those Easter eggs are pretty cool. Like it's, I can't I yeah. say built on that, but then they also did this thing where they're trying to sort of make like kind of modern day references. They're like shoehorning them into this a lot movie. Of that. Yeah, like, like the scene where he's just trying on different hats, and yeah. one of the course, one of course, one of the hats is like a red fez that says "Make England Great Again." Yeah, I was like, D- "Do you get that, John?" Because it's it's like a MAGA hat. Do you get it?
0: And I mean, like and maga. this film came out four years ago in 2018, and already that that gag's aged like milk, you know. Yeah, and like they also
1: did that uh, that selfie joke with the Queen. Yeah, yeah, uh, and like with duck lips, I was like, duck lips, like that's that's a kind of old thing to make fun of at the like, in 2018. Like, there's lips. a
0: scene where they they Holmes and Watson they get drunk and they decide to send like an explicit telegram to the woman that Watson's interested in. Um, and at one point he like, he, you know, you don't see it, but he like, he, he pulls out, he's trying to send like a dick pic, but by yeah. telegraph. Ha 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 ha. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's. Ugh.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like this, it's just, a you know, no pun intended, just a lot of low hanging fruit. Just throughout this entire film, it's not really clever at all. It's kind of like no. It's kind of like the jokes they would have made. Remember those um, like scary movie, epic movie, Mm -hmm. teen, not another teen movie. Yeah, uh, movies that that came out. It seemed like those type of jokes were in. I was like, this is like John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. These are the guys that made you know Step Brothers, uh, Talladega Nights, and all these great really hilarious films that are still strong. Like, I don't, what happened but, uh, here?
0: Well, I think the difference is Adam McKay was not working on this with them. Mm. You know, he's, he's the guy that made the difference or at least made a difference in those movies. Cause he's a really funny comedy director. He's, he's a smart guy. So he does smarter material than this. And he could, he could also, I've, you know, I've seen like anchorman bloopers and stuff where he's like just throwing out ideas to Will Ferrell and then Will Ferrell will riff on his ideas. Like when uh, the opening of Anchorman, when, when Ron Burgundy is doing like his vocal warm warmups and Adam McKay just suggests the human torch was denied a bank loan. I mean, which is just such a funny sentence to say. And apparently Adam McKay came up with that off the top of his head. And here they're just going for very obvious jokes.
1: Yeah, like the whole scene where, like, they're at the morgue and yeah. uh, Sherlock Holmes feel, vomits, and like yeah. that, that goes on
0: way too long. Quite some time it goes on for quite some time, and and like people vomiting is not really funny in and of itself. Yeah, you know, and... if if anything, it's like the context or something, or if it's unexpected, or if it's way over the top, like in Monty Python's A Meaning of Life, but. Yeah, here it's just yeah. Oh yeah, he's vomiting. Ha ha ha! Isn't that funny? Well, no, not really.
1: Yeah, you know, and they have, and of course, when like when they do burst into the trial and they talk about the the man that's standing trial, who they thought was uh, Moriarty, uh, right? Played by Ray Fiennes or Ralph Fiennes, however you say it. Rafe. It's, it's pronounced Rafe. It's, it's
0: spelled r- Ralph, but it's pronounced Rafe.
1: It's Rafe, right? It's Rafe. I th- yeah. I don't. I, th- I heard some people call it say Ralph, and I was like, I thought we settled this. I no, it was yeah, yeah, it,
0: it's Rafe. Right. right, it's spelled like Ralph, but right. And right.
1: yeah, and I think at the so like when they bust in and they talk about the per, the person played by Rafe, find about they talk about how he's like a wanker, and then they just go yeah. into like this laundry list of innuendos about a dude spanking off and beating his meat, and it's it's like yeah, uh, it's like all right, I I guess this is
0: yeah I, I mean, my main reaction to this movie is it was largely just kind of dull. Um, yeah, just cause most of the jokes don't really go anywhere. They don't hardly any of the jokes surprise you at all. Cause like I said, they're good. They're usually doing the most obvious thing. Um, I will say they had a really good cast. They have a, a cast of really talented people in it. I mean, I normally like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley together. Uh, Ray Fiennes completely wasted his Moriarty. He's barely in this thing.
1: Yeah, was, uh, Rebecca Hall was in
0: this. as Rebecca um, Hall's in this? Lauren Lapkus?
1: Uh, yeah. that, that Also kind of,
0: wasted because she hardly has any dialogue. Yeah, and that kind of weird me too, because, like, uh, Lauren Lapkus
1: is, like, uh, Will Ferrell's love interest. And I was like, isn't there yeah. a pretty big age difference between the two of them?
0: If I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, I didn't look up their ages, but, yeah, probably. I mean, it's... It's not as egregious as a lot of other movies. So I don't, yeah, I mean, it didn't really leap out to me. Yeah, it's not like um, uh, Woody Allen's Manhattan or nothing, right? Exactly. Whoa. <laughs> or like, you know, where, where Michael Douglas is in his 60s and his girlfriend's like 35 or something. But, fair, fair enough. Um, I mean, Steve Coogan is in this thing, and Steve Coogan's in it, yeah, yeah, he doesn't get that much to do. And no. uh, we even... like Hugh Laurie pops up Yeah, playing as... Sherlock's brother, Mycroft. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, especially because like one of his most famous roles is Dr. Gregory House, who is sort of inspired by Sherlock Holmes. So it's a neat sort of in gag to have him in the movie. And also because like his old comedy partner, Stephen Fry, played Mycroft in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, the second movie. Uh, that's right.
1: That's right. Um, Actually, that's a well. Well, let's sidetrack. Like, yeah, what were your thoughts on those um, movies? And but with another SNL alumni, Robert Downey Jr., we do think of of his. Of
0: oh yeah, movies? I, I would, Technically, we could have watched those because <laughs> <laughs> RDJ is an SNL alum. Um, I, I'm kind of mixed on them. I liked the first one. Um, the second one, I hated. Um, what do you think of them as movies? Well, your voice got deeper in that second one. Yeah. Um
1: I thought they were okay. I don't remember the second one. The mm-hmm. first one I thought was all right. Um I don't know, it's it has like that very, you know, flashy Guy Ritchie style of Yes. film shooting, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of panache.
0: A lot of slow-mo, uh, a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, they did some really interesting things uh like they have, you know, Sherlock Holmes bare knuckle boxing and he's like being very analytical. And he's like, well, if I angle my, my punch this way and I'll hit him in the slower, solar plexus and he will go down in 2.5 seconds and blah, 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 blah. And they, they parody that a few times in this movie. Yeah. I noticed that they did do that, which it seems kind of old hat. Cause, cause the first, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie came out in like 2008. I think it was out at the same time as avatar. I remember the first one. Oh, wow. Um, so, it seems weird. Um, yeah, the the second Robert Downey Jr. film I really didn't like is just because I I got that I thought it got too farcical, and oh, and they just did some things that I was like, okay, that's just that's like nothing that Conan Doyle ever wrote. I mean, there's some really good Sherlock Holmes movies, and there are some really bad ones too. There's not a whole lot of middle ground. Okay, well, what 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 are your opinions? What do you think were some good ones? or some good ones you could recommend recommend to Well, people. I mean the the Jeremy Brett TV series uh from the 80s and the early 90s. Most people agree that's like the best most faithful adaptation ever. Um those those are generally really good. Okay. Um I like the BBC series with Benedict Cumberbatch even though, you know, they put it in the modern day, but they they do it uh, mostly right. Um, those are really good um, right yeah
1: those I've watched I've watched the yeah. uh, the BBC version with uh, uh, Martin Freeman and Benedict I like those
0: yeah yeah that. those are those are really good those are a lot of fun I hope that show comes back someday um, don't know if it will but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean there have been even a few good Sherlock Holmes comedies there's there's one that Billy Wilder did called the private life of Sherlock Holmes which is like sort of half straight half, a parody. Oh okay. Um, but it's got some very funny lines in it because you know it's Billy Wilder and IAL Diamond, who are like two of the funniest screenwriters ever. Right. I mean there, there's a bit where there's a guest at Baker Street and Watson says like, oh perhaps Mrs. Hudson is entertaining and and Holmes replies, Well I've never found her so. <laughs> uh, hey you know, very, very clever line and yeah there there's some there's some very cute bits in there. Um there's a movie there's a movie version of a novel called the 7% solution, which is really good where Watson takes Sherlock Holmes to Sigmund Freud to cure him of his cocaine addiction. Oh, wow. That's a really interesting, um, okay. One. I mean, there's so many cool Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, there, there was even a parody in the eighties called without a clue where the premise was, and it had a stronger premise than this movie where it was, uh, that Watson was really the genius crime solver and Sherlock Holmes was just a drunken actor that Watson hired to play the part. Oh,
1: wow. Like, uh, Iron Man three with uh, with Trevor. And
0: it also starred Ben Kingsley. It all connects. Ben Kingsley played Watson. Um, Yeah. And Michael Caine was the drunken actor, uh, that he hired to play Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and I haven't seen that since the eighties, I don't think, but I remember there being some funny stuff in there. Um, and this one they have a they have a weird running gag about Sherlock Holmes's landlady Mrs. Hudson sleeping with lots of men. and oh, all right. and in in the extras, apparently the gag was that the men she's sleeping with are all famous men from the Victorian era, but that didn't really come off in the movie. I didn't get that at all. No, it wasn't until I watched the extra I was like, oh, they're supposed to be famous people like Sigmund Freud and and Charlie Chaplin and Albert Einstein. And they're made to up to kind of look like.
1: Them. Yeah. All right. So then what's but I don't understand. What's the gag? So she's sleeping with a bunch of famous dudes.
0: Yeah, that's the gag. And, um, That's and that's it. That's it. OK, she's promiscuous and she's sleeping with a lot of famous dudes. But they're not immediately recognizable as a famous dude, so the famous dudes, so the gag doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Like I like, that totally went over my head until you just told me now. I
0: was like No, it, it went over my head until I watched the extra and I was like, oh that guy was supposed to be Einstein. That guy was supposed to be Harry Houdini. That guy was supposed to be <laughs> Yeah, it's just a weird thing that doesn't really work because they're n- nobody's identified by name and dialogue and Yeah and like the get. Ga- yeah, so the
1: gag... But the gag doesn't... It's not part of the uh, the movie at all. Like, what's... Not our, really, no. There's no payoff at all. So what's the... Oh, boy.
0: Yeah. It's Ugh. it's just a weird, random thing that happens. All right.
1: Um, well, yeah. That's... uh. Hmm.
0: Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just... I was scratching my head more than anything. You're scratching my head or, or just like... Yeah, this is kind of dull. It doesn't really work. I it wasn't it wasn't really bad enough to get me outraged or anything. Though I wasn't like, oh god, this is awful and my pain. It was yeah. just sort of yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were like a, a, a few things that worked, like uh, you know the, the fact that they uh, they're always on cocaine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I remember the line you mentioned where John Watson offers uh, Rebecca Hall's character Grace Hart some some heroin.
0: Right, right, uh, and yeah. like in the in the books, um, they say that Sherlock Holmes he would take cocaine or sometimes heroin when he was bored in between cases because he needed stimulation. Um, like literally the second Holmes novel opens up with Watson watching Sherlock Holmes shooting up and he and he says, the first line of dialogue in the book is, what is it today? morphine or cocaine? Wow <laughs> and, and, and Holmes says, it's cocaine. It's a seven percent solution. Would you like to try some?
1: <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. No, uh, that's a pretty rock and roll line. I'm surprised no band has ever put that in one of their in one of their songs or something. Yeah, I know. What <laughs> is it today? Muffin or it, cocaine?
0: And uh, of course, of course, you know this was an era where before they knew how bad both of those things were, and you could like walk into a drugstore and or a pharmacy and and buy those over the counter. Yeah, it was like buying uh, some Advil. Yeah, exactly. I have a headache. Have some cocaine. <laughs> um, by the way, John C. Riley's English accent much much better than Will Ferrell's.
1: Yeah, Will Ferrell is struggling, but then again, it's like, barely there. I, but then again, like I think he probably thought, look, this is just a silly, goofy comedy. Like, like yeah, you know, like I, I, my, my English doesn't have to be uh, tip top.
0: Yeah, if it was a funnier movie, I wouldn't mind, <laughs> okay. but since none of the gags were really working, I I sort of fixated on the accents a bit. Um, There is a bit where they go into a spontaneous musical number. Yes. In the third act. I thought that kind of worked. Uh, It was like the closest to being within Hailing Distance of Funny, I thought.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, breaking out into song out of nowhere is always, you know, put a smile on your face. That's... Yeah. that, 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 That Hmm.
0: Yeah, I would say that came close. I mean, look, I'm not saying it's... It's it's, it's like totally new comedic territory or anything like that. Because, I mean... Hell, he does that in The Ladies' Man. They do that in Anchorman. I mean, there's lots of comedy movies where people spontaneously break into song. And part of the gag is that we're just doing a sudden musical number.
1: When in doubt, break out, break out into song.
0: Yeah, and like, and Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, especially, can both sing. So, why not? And yeah, I, I think I read that like Alan Meakin was one of the writers on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh wow! I think I read that in the IMDb trivia. Okay, I did not. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. let me... Okay. okay. Well, I can't find it. So uh, take my take my word for it. it. Was it was somebody notable who wrote the who co wrote the song? Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah, things like that did work.
1: Uh, I mean, there, but I think, I feel like there was more stuff that didn't work. Like, especially where, definitely, yeah, yeah, like when the queen goes to visit them and then they accidentally knock her out and they, you know, it, it seems like they killed her at some point. Yeah. So they have to, like, play, like, like Weekend at Bernie's her and, like, try to prop her up to make to make it look like she's fine and she's okay to the guards that are waiting outside. And I was just like, are we doing we're doing Weekend at Bernie's? In- in 2018, really? Is this this where we're at now?
0: Well, hell, at one point, like, they do a ghost parody. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're playing Unchained Melody while Watson and, and the female doctor that Rebecca Hall plays, and they're, like, applying some sort of goo on top of the, the cadaver, and they're playing Unchained Melody and trying to do a ghost parody. And I'm like, really? You're doing a ghost parody in 2018? Yeah. <laughs> 27 years (laughs) after Ghost. Hey
1: man, it's the classics.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) that just, again, that just had me scratching my head, man.
1: Yeah. It's just, and I don't know, just a lot of them, like I said, like trying to interject like modern day things into this thing. Like, like, uh, I think at one point when uh, I think John Watson's going to fight a guy in the ring, yeah. Uh Holmes, home that say no. This is a, you have to pay to see this fight. Yeah, this, this is a pay to view it fight. And I was like, yeah. oh, like are we doing pay per view jokes now, really? And then they had the two guys, the two announcers that are famous for saying, you know, let's get ready to rumble, and uh, it's time in the audience. So I was like, alright. Oh, did
0: they? I think I missed that. Yeah, looking, like looking away from the
1: screen. <laughs> like the the let's get ready to rumble guy, he's definitely in the. Uh-huh. So he gets like a quick cameo. So it's like, all right, I guess that's, hmm, I don't know. And, like, of course, they, again, like, because earlier they had the uh, the MAGA hat, and uh, later on they talk about uh, uh, American politics. With yeah, the, uh, and they're like,
0: oh, yeah, we would never have, like, a rich autocrat as our leader because we have democracy in America and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's just so on the nose it's not funny. Get it, John? Get it? Cause they're talking about
1: our last president. Do you get it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Just ham-fisted, just heavy-handed. It's do- it's doing everything except elbowing you in the ribs.
1: <laughs> know what I mean? Know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, yeah. Aye. It's just. Uh, uh. Oh my God! Would you like some heroin?
0: <sighs> I mean, I did kind of like the "Would you like some heroin?" Uh, gag. I, I think as an exchange that's funny it could have been directed better of course but yeah uh... i think that's
1: that might be the thing like it i don't know it, it did like it, it kind of some of the scenes like the necessary scenes were kind of short like to build up the yeah. you know the the chemistry between you know uh some of the other people in the in the in the movie but then like the thing yeah. that would go on longer were dopey scenes like vomiting in the mor- in the morgue and uh yeah, and it's, a,
0: it's a very unbalanced movie how long is it what what is the runtime on this it's, thing? Just, it's just 90 minutes i okay i had a feeling it was like 90 minutes it feels like it's like two and a half hours because it just really drags most of the time
1: <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's it's pretty uh it's pretty rough i mean i don't know did you i guess we can you know get to the end but like did you see that twist coming about uh, Miss Hudson there uh, did they por- was Miss Hudson portrayed in a like you know close enough to the text or did they take well, liberties with her
0: I mean the thing with Miss Mrs Hudson who's who's Sherlock and Holmes's and uh, John Watson's landlady there's very very little written about her in in the canon
1: okay. uh,
0: they they actually like when the Benedict Cumberbatch series flashed back to the 1890s they, they basically made a gag out of it and and where Mrs. Hudson is literally saying like, well, I don't do anything in the stories. All I do is show people in and, and Watson's like, well, yes, broadly speaking, that is your function in the narrative. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of a gag is that there really isn't much about Mrs. Hudson that Doyle tells us like a lot of what we quote unquote know about Mrs. Hudson has been kind of filled in from the movies and other authors and things like that. Um
1: Okay. So yeah. So, so, it's all yeah, about so. the men and the women don't get th- see, this is this is how it is back then. You with somebody canceled. Yeah. Well look,
0: if, if you're looking for, for woke, uh Victorian England is not the best place to go looking for it. No. <laughs> huh. You know, not the best spot for women. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean we don't really know like they never get into uh, like how old Mrs. Hudson is or, you know, if she was promiscuous or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, they do a twist with Mrs. Hudson that's, I mean, it's a twist. It's, I don't know why they did that twist.
1: Yeah, like, they, well, for one thing, they made her Scottish. And then they also yeah. made her uh, the the long lost daughter of Moriarty. Yeah. And like, they made her. Which
0: I'm like, okay, so why bother? Casting Ray Fiennes, then, if you're if you're not going to use him as your big bad guy, and then you have this lesser known actress, I mean, who was fine uh, playing Mrs. Hudson, but it just seemed like a waste. Yeah, that's the, yeah, Ray Fiennes really doesn't have too much to say in this movie. <laughs> no, no, he disappears for long stretches because, like, Holmes says, "Oh, yeah, he's like he gets off at of the trial, and then Moriarty." Holmes says he's fleed to America and then he's he's, that's just it he fucks off for half the movie (laughs) Uh he's out cashing that check he got for (laughs) beating of
1: this I mean what did he work on this movie like a week maybe he's not in it that much at all I thought he'd be more of a like a cunning you know adversary like yeah yeah. they'd really be going toe to toe but nah not
0: really no no I mean, I thought like you cast somebody as funny as Lauren Lapkus and she's, they, they say early on her character, she, she was like, she's not verbal and she was like raised by cats or something like that. So right. she's just doing like cat things and you know, it's fine, but there's only so much even somebody as talented as Lauren Lapkus can do with that. And yeah. Like, she's, she's a really funny person. Let, the fu- Let her do stuff. Let the funny person do funny things. What? Yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, it was it was very strange. I will admit, though, I mean, there was one line I did like uh, when yeah. uh, when Holmes and Watson go see Mycroft and, yes. uh, you know, Holmes and Mycroft are having a mental talk because like they're, they're both so brilliant. Just speaking in words is like primitive to right. them, so they got to speak through the mind. And,
0: and they're also in, if you're Sherlock Holmes' hand, like they, they usually go to visit Mycroft at the Diogenes Club, which is this club filled with very unsociable men. So you're supposed to be absolutely quiet in the Diogenes club, except if you're in the visitors room.
1: Yes. Yes. They did that in, uh, Sherlock, the BBC. Exactly. Yes. Ha. See, I I know things. Mm -hmm. And I did like how, like, uh, they had Watson escorted to the companions room for like people who aren't as smart as, you know, Holmes and, uh, Mycroft. And he's like basically in a room with a bunch of dummies and, this right. one person says to him, uh, balloons are happy, but they're not alive. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean that's that's a pretty funny line.
1: It's it, odd, but it's, it's it's funnier than a lot of than most of the stuff I've seen yeah, in this. Movie. It's a
0: random line. I mean, there there is this interesting subplot where it's about how underappreciated Watson is, and he's he's pestering Holmes throughout the movie to refer to him as like a co-detective. And and that's that's a funny ish idea. Because in through a lot of the stories, uh, Holmes just treats Watson badly because you know Watson is like the stand-in for the reader in the stories, right. and so he's like trying to solve the case along with Holmes. But he, of course, because he's not as brilliant as Holmes, he misses the clues that uh, Holmes sees, and then Holmes explains it all, and or, or he goes to Watson and he's like, "Well, here's what you did wrong, or here's what you missed, or blah 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 blah." Um, so that, that becomes kind of a thing in the stories of is Holmes just not treating Watson as well as he should.
1: <laughs> yes, just poor, just poor, poor down, downtrodden Watson.
0: Yeah, yeah. And again, they could have they done more with that. It's also, there's a weird thing that this movie does where it just ping-pongs back and forth on how smart Holmes is. Because in some scenes he's an idiot. He's just as dumb as Watson. In other scenes he's Spartan has the brilliant powers of observation. And it's like, they, they were trying to have it both ways, you know?
1: Yeah. They were trying to be like, oh, he's this brilliant guy. But I guess they they figured, well, brilliant isn't funny. So we have to make him dumb.
0: But if they're uh, equally dumb, there's no contrast between the characters. Yeah, so, exactly. It's I, I really feel like, yeah, they should have made him... I mean, a lot of Holmes adaptations, they make him really he's book smart, but he's socially oblivious. And there's a lot of comedic mileage you can get out of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like the Cumberbatch show is made a meal out of that. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's, and that's good because it gives Watson something to do because you know, in, in the, in prose, you're hearing everything from Watson's point of view. So, you kind of learn as much about Watson as you do about Holmes. If you're doing it in live action, you're not telling it from Watson's point of view anymore. So Watson needs stuff to do. And for a lot of Sherlock Holmes adaptations, like when Nigel Bruce was playing him opposite uh, Basil Rathbone, they made Watson really stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Which doesn't, which I mean, it does give him something to play, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the man's a doctor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and so like more recently they, they make Sherlock Holmes kind of an asshole and then Watson is like the socially adept one. Right. Who's like, Oh, you know, Holmes, maybe you shouldn't treat people like crap. <laughs> and and Holmes is like, nah, I'm gonna keep on treating people like crap. <laughs> it's what I do. It's what I do. Yeah, so
1: I don't know, they could have used a little bit more of that. I don't know, they could have done so many things. Like and they also had the thing where the whole I mean, the final scene takes place on this big ship uh that they call the Titanic.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh and there was like a big fight there. That's where the big showdown was, but even that was kind of anticlimactic, I thought.
0: Yeah. To- and it's yeah. it's also weird from a timeline perspective because it's like, okay, wait, wait, the Titanic sailed in 1912. And Sherlock Holmes usually takes place in like the 1890s somewhere in there and uh, Queen Victoria died in, like, 1901, <laughs> so... Yeah, and we got a... Yeah,
1: this is... I Again, I guess I really feel like they, they were, just, were just figuring out, well, we don't have to... Because this is a comedy, we can play a little fast and loose with, yeah. like, history and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I guess. But still, like... I don't know, the fact that it, it took place on the Titanic, I thought that would lend itself to a bigger joke, but it really didn't, and we only... we Aside from the uh, Billy Zane... Cameo,
0: we, we got a very know. random Billy Zane cameo. He's just playing off his Titanic role, but he's got a beard which he didn't have in Titanic. I guess he had the beard for some other role or something, and he couldn't shave it. Probably, he was probably like, "Look, I
1: ain't shaving this beard. You want me in this movie or not?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll be there for two hours one afternoon. <laughs> you get whatever hair I have right now. <laughs> You're lucky I'm not bald like I was in Zoolander. Right. I- <laughs> I ain't shaving shit.
1: <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the scene two hours. I'm out. Zane out. It's
0: yeah. I mean it's yeah. It's always nice to see Billy Zane. I guess it it's still kind of weird.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. And uh, I I don't know. Yeah, this movie kind of. I mean even the end like again the ending is a little anticlimactic. They they solved the case. I th- I think yeah. at one point. Um, Holmes thought Watson did it, and he had him arrested. And
0: Yeah, and like, Watson is going to be hung. And, yeah, I, they could have done more with that. I mean, there's just a lot of missed opportunities in this thing.
1: Yeah, it just – I don't know. And then at the very end, we see that, like, uh, Moriarty is in America. He's in Wyoming. And then he gets a telegram right. from a kid saying, oh, I know, I know where you are. We're on to you. And right. And then we – see him looking around and he's in a bar. He sees two people sitting at the bar that look kind of like Holmes and Watson, but then they're in huge cowboy hats. Yeah. So like, I'm assuming that was their plan for the
0: sequel. I (laughs) think it was some sort of sequel hook because like the second Robert Downey jr. Movie, they brought Moriarty into that one Uh. after avoiding him in the first one or teasing him in the first one you know kind of like what the what the Christopher Nolan Batman movies were did where they brought the Joker in and, on the second one
1: right right right
0: so i don't know that that seems uh <laughs> that seems overly confident to think that they were going to yeah. do a sequel to this this, no. is, this is it guys this is the one <laughs> this is it's always funny when when they're they're so confident that they do a sequel hook and it's like no you're you're not getting a sequel honey
1: yeah it's like uh, <laughs> when the lady ghostbusters Thing that was like, what's (laughs) Sewell? Well, I guess we'll never know because yeah, this shit ends right here. (laughs) Yep, Uh, Yep. and uh, yeah, that's the movie. Uh, it's like you said, it didn't get a a ton of love, uh, didn't get a lot of good reviews. I think, uh, according to IMDb, uh, speaking on the Empire podcast in 346 about the quality of the film, Steve Coogan played gustav klinger said i think in 20 years time when the dust has settled and people are able to look at holmes and watson objectively i think people will say it's still rubbish (laughs) yes fantastic
0: (laughs) that's great there was another um steve coogan quote that i found coogs which was very funny let me let me see if i can find that um I've got like a ton of a ton of, <laughs> a, a ton of <laughs> Steve Coogan uh, uh, quotes up. Coog me, baby, Coog me. Um, it says on Wikipedia: Steve Coogan playfully mocked the film in October 2019 during a BAFTA Britannia Award ceremony, standing on stage with John C. Riley. The actor gave a speech where he advised not to laugh while having an upset stomach, saying, "So best to avoid laughing. If you want to do that, I can recommend a film that John and I did called Holmes and Watson." You should be pretty safe with that. Boom! So Coogan, uh, very aware this film did not turn out so hot. Got the one-two punch. Yeah. Blam, blam! blam. So, um, yeah. uh, Apparently, uh, according to Deadline after disastrous test screenings, Sony attempted to sell the film to Netflix, which declined. (laughs) Netflix was like, no thanks. We're good.
1: <laughs> I was wondering why I couldn't find this really stream. I mean, it's streaming in a few places, but you gotta pay for it. But yeah. like I thought maybe it would be on like Netflix or Hulu, but uh not th- maybe I don't know, maybe Pluto no. might
0: have it. The word of mouth on this was just so so bad. Uh it also the second item on that might <laughs> BB trivia. During the opening days of its Christmas twenty eighteen release, exhibitors reported an astonishing number of walkouts. Damn. And it is, uh, it, it won a Razzie for worst pitcher. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, this originally was supposed to be Sasha Baron Cohen as Sherlock Holmes and Will Ferrell as Dr. Watson. And then that, that was in 2008. And then they re-entered development in 2016 with Farrell as Holmes and John C. Reilly as Watson. I think that might be slightly better casting, but yeah. But I
1: mean, again, it's—I mean—it all comes down to the script, to the writing. Like, I
0: yeah, the writing and the directing are both not good.
1: Yeah, and I—I I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get—I I, I do think Sasha Baron Cohen would have been a better fit, but like, I also would have liked—I yeah. ho- if he, I also want him to, would have wanted him to get better writing too. Like, if he, if it was him with this script. It probably would have just stayed just as bad, but yeah. I, I, I. But I feel like maybe he could have done a little bit more with it, but I don't know how much though. Yeah. But yeah, like I mean, overall, look, this film isn't the worst thing I've seen. You know, like uh, like uh, I've I told you uh, off air, uh, folks. We've seen it's Pat. It's Pat might be the worst movie we've done on this. We've talked about on this podcast. That was that was just horrific. I'm trying to think what the worst was um i know for you it might be uh barb and star barb and star i really hated that one
0: you know like barb and star was just like i would have stopped watching that if i didn't have to finish watching it for the podcast uh this one i just let go it was (laughs) let go and let god i mean but i it wasn't as awful as i was anticipating i was expecting it to be kind of entertaining in it's awfulness and it wasn't really that yeah it's more dull than awful Yeah, which was kind of surprising and kind of disappointing. Um, Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was, I was, I was expecting to make more of a meal of its awfulness, and it's, it's just a bunch of gags that don't really work, and a mystery that's not especially intriguing. And
1: yeah, um, I mean, uh, I mean, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley have good chemistry. There's that. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's always fun to see them together, and I do think John C. Riley is pretty good in this movie. He he just got subpar material. Yeah. Um, like, the, you know, the scenes where he's
1: like, you know, I think when he walked into the courtroom and just shot his gun off in the air, just blam yeah. blam, like, yo, Samity Sam. That was pretty funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just the material's just not there. Uh, mm-hmm. The You know, MAGA jokes and just trying to be. Yeah, uh, and the, uh, I mean, those are
0: just going to age even poorly, yeah. even more poorly as the years go on. But, I mean, it's already rather dated. Qu- quite. Yeah.
1: <laughs> quite, dear Watson. Quite. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, oof. It's, it's, uh, it's it's definitely a movie.
0: I mean, it's just so weird that like occasionally you get like talented people together and they just do something that just doesn't work on almost any level. It happens. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it just shows you what a what a crapshoot making movies especially making comedies is yeah it it it
1: really um it's really isn't it really is interesting it i mean it does happen it happens to the best of us i mean, i don't know yeah. too many actors who have had just like you know a spotless record of movies where nothing is a stinker like it, I mean, I think know. the
0: only times you really see that, if it's somebody who like died really young, like like James Dean or John Cazale, mm. you know, yeah, <laughs> where they make, they made like three to five great movies and then they die. I mean, that's the way to do it, you know. Yes, film fast, <laughs> die young. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, but um, uh, yeah, Holmes and Watson, who boy. <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, yeah, just.
1: Just disappointing, you know? Yeah, this is, I don't know if it's the best way to start off the year, but
0: maybe it is, because we got nowhere to go but up from here, baby. That's that's true. I'm sure whatever we watch next, I, I think we're pretty assured in it being better than this. I think right? so. Yeah. 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 Maybe. <clears throat> yeah. Hopefully. <clears throat> no, no. I mean, look, there are a lot of... Look, there. There have been a lot of bad movies that have been done for people from SNL. We're not going to lie. Oh boy! And as time goes on, we're have we have more and more of those left. We're trying to space out the really bad ones. Yeah, um,
1: we won't get into uh, you know, Charles Rocket's filmography until it's absolutely necessary.
0: I mean, you know, we I don't think we've ever covered a Rob Schneider movie on this podcast, Ooh. and I think that's for good reason.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, confession, I would. Re- I do remember kind of liking Deuce Bigelow when it came out in college, but the I'm, first one, yeah. But I'm sure if I go back, I'll uh, I'll hate myself for ever thinking it was good. But yeah I, yeah, I do remember getting a chuckle or two out of that movie. But don't, the, folks, don't don't hate me for that. I was young and foolish.
0: I th- uh, I think it's one of those movies. Like if you're the right age when you see it, it would probably work for you. But I I think I was already past that age when that movie came out, so I, I never saw that movie. Uh, I've seen like clips.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. Oh, I think I saw it from my uh, college newspaper because, like, I think we got a chance to see it for free. And I think right. actually, I, I, if I remember correctly, afterwards, uh, Rob Schneider himself came out and did a Q and A with everybody.
0: Oh well, so
1: so you know that's uh, what what a treat that was.
0: <laughs> um, I, I found some more reviews of this on on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, let's see, we have. Uh, From Ben Sachs at the Chicago Reader, watching this feels like getting elbowed erratically in the ribs. Mm. Mark Kermode from Kermode and Mayo's film review says, it is indescribably bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
1: doesn't bother to describe it.
0: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) just beyond bad. Um, Wendy Eyed from the Observer UK puerile, imbecilic, and imbued with the kind of casual 1970s sitcom homophobia that reads all male friendships as somehow suspect, this slack-jawed, gross-out comedy represents the nadir of Conan Doyle adaptations. Wow. Wow. Wait, was there... I don't know if it's as bad as all that. Honestly, I've seen some pretty rotten Sherlock Holmes adaptations. Yeah. Wait, was there homophobic stuff? I don't remember.
1: Uh.
0: I'm not really remembering... Hmm. Okay. Maybe, maybe I missed it. Yeah. But, I prob- you know, my attention wandered, so maybe I missed the homophobia. Yeah. Maybe I blocked it out. Yeah. M.N. Um, Miller from Ready Steady Cut. If you walk in late for Holmes and Watson, no worries. Rest assured, the same three jokes will be repeated over and over for the entire 90 minutes.
1: Would you like some cocaine? <laughs> uh, yeah. Man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just too bad because I mean, there there is good stuff that you could do with a Sherlock Holmes comedy and there have been some decent Sherlock Holmes comedies. So there there
1: there have been and uh, yeah, hopefully maybe in the future, maybe this year, somebody will get it together and put together a good Sherlock Holmes comedy with a solid script and good actors. But uh, maybe this ain't it.
0: No, no, just, just doesn't work. Uh, oh, well. What you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Moving right along. Yeah. I, I, and you know, it's from what I understand, like Will Ferrell and Adam McKay had a falling out. So I don't think they're ever going to work together anytime soon.
1: Yeah. I think uh, their production, co- I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to their production company, but yeah. like They split, I, it,
0: I think. Yeah. I think maybe Will Ferrell isn't involved with Randy Sanchez anymore.
1: Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like I know they don't, uh, I guess they don't, they, they don't kick it no mo.
0: Right. And I think, I think like Will Ferrell wanted to be cast in that basketball show that Adam McKay did, but he cast, didn't he cast John C. Reilly instead?
1: He did. Yeah. 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 It was, a, no. I don't know. It sounds like high school stuff basically. Where it's like, like, like I wanted to be in it, but he didn't like reach out to me. So I'm like, I'm not even going to talk to him anymore. Right.
0: Right. And yeah, that, that seems to be a thing with Will Ferrell. Cause like, I, I know when we, we did the, uh, the Batabi brothers movie, the, the night at the Roxbury, we got into the whole Will Ferrell, Chris Kattan falling out and I I don't think they ever made up or and they certainly never worked together again.
1: Yeah. I don't believe so. Yeah. It seems, I don't know. I I thought like Will Ferrell was like this kind of cool, easygoing guy, but, uh. I don't know. These reports. I think might... if you
0: get on his bad side. Yeah. yeah. And also like Adam McKay doesn't seem to be too interested in making just comedy comedies anymore. So.
1: Yeah. I think he's like, um, oh, what's the other? Like the Fairley brothers where they're just kind of yeah. pivoting towards drama and like.
0: Right. He, he does. He does like vice. And he did the. Um, what, what was that movie called? The The Big Short? The Big Short.
1: Um, yeah. Then he do Don't Look Up as well.
0: Yeah, he did. But he that, did. That, I think that's more comedic. I never watched that one, but
1: I haven't seen it either. I just feel like it's gonna bum me out because I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly how it would go. Oh no. Yeah, because yeah. people are idiots and
0: horrible. Yep. And... <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's too bad because like they made some really good comedies together. Um, I mean, Anchorman's a classic. I I like Anchorman too as well. I think Talladega Nights is good. I think. Uh... Uh, the other guys. The other guys, Stepbrothers, I love. Yeah,
1: they were they were good together, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, good things, all good things must end uh, someday.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, part of me wants to see John C. Riley and Will Ferrell team up again, but only if they have better material than this and a better director to work with. Here, here. This did not work, and and uh, apparently. Uh, Eaton Cohen has not directed a film since. No,
1: I think he did. I I think he did the... um, Hold on, I'll look it up. I thought there was like a cartoon. He's he's written some things. Oh, he didn't direct that that cartoon that came out recently? Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? Uh, No, 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 no. Um, Brothers? The Bad Guys? uh, The Bad Guys. The Bad Guys. Okay. Uh, I believe he directed this. He's not. listed as director on Wikipedia. Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. No, he just wrote it.
0: Okay. He just wrote it. Okay. I think I think he's perhaps been downgraded back down to Ryder, because okay. I don't think Get Hard did very well, and this certainly mm. didn't do very well. <laughs> two strikes are so, out. I think that was it. I think I mean usually men fall upward more, but uh, no, nope. not today. Maybe maybe if he'd done a, a more successful one of those two, he could have gotten another turn at bat. But
1: yeah. I think after Holmes and Watson, people were like, hey, uh, why don't you uh, sit this one out? What? Yeah. Yep.
0: Why, don't, why don't you write some more? Yeah. Get back to the writing table there, uh, Jenny. We, we liked it when you wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, I mean, not so much in this thing, but in other things. Yeah. We're not this. Maybe directing isn't your strength. <laughs> Maybe not. hmm
1: And uh, so, yeah, that's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening, as always. Holmes and Watson. As always, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. We got ourselves a little mm-hmm. Patreon. You can uh, donate money there. Uh, non-productive.com. Our little mm-hmm. our Patreon there. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DarrenCredible. That's D-A-R-I-N. Credible.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TrumbleComic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L. And the word comic. And. Uh, we're not entirely settled on what we're doing for next week. We've got a few possibilities in the air, but mm. we got to we got to work things out scheduling-wise oh. and, and and you know a possible guest and and we we've got life things going on. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on, people.
1: Got a lot of pots on the stove here in the kitchen in the SNL nerds kitchen. We got a lot of pots on the stove we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're we're
0: cooking up that great podcast content mm,
1: for you. Baby, we got a stew going. It's, it's, it's
0: going to come to a boil yes. sometime soon.
1: Yeah, so don't, and, so don't you worry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think whatever we end up watching, it, it probably will be better than this. It's gotta be better than this, right? It's gotta be, it's gotta be, yeah. it's gotta be better than this, man. And Hey, if, and if you have suggestions of what you want to see us cover, uh, let us know. Yeah. Uh, tweet at us at SNL nerd show on Twitter. And uh, yeah, give us give us some suggestions. There might be something that we haven't thought of, and we're like, "Hey, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that." Yeah, give us
1: that would be fun. Holler at us, as the kids say. Yes, holla
0: at you, boys.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, look at you. Hey, look at you talking all street. Yeah, did I pull it off? No. You see, this, this is why I don't attempt that very much. That <laughs> was actually pretty pretty offensive. Like, I I don't... I, I'd, I'd issue an apology immediately, actually, if I were you.
0: I, I, was, I wasn't trying to do a voice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Damn it. I keyed, I keyed. You can always play the race card, because I'm always going to be like, Oh, no. <laughs> sure can. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You always got that Trump card in your back pocket. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) He's like, I can make John feel horrible
1: about himself in two moves. (laughs) Oh, that's a good feeling.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. Holmes and Watson, not very good. Uh, Go watch Talladega Nights or... Or uh, Stepbrothers instead. Neither of which we've covered, have we? Uh no, we have not. We should we should cover one of those sometime. Next time. We should and we will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean not literally next time, but sometime at some point in the future yeah. when we're ready for another Will Farrell, John C. Riley thing. The theoretical next time theoretical next time at some point in the future we, tr- we try to mix it up we want to we want to keep that variety going so we do we do yeah, yeah. so you know and, and that's why it's a good idea to give us suggestions suggestion stuff to too.
1: absolutely do it guys do
0: it acapella yeah alright so anyway we'll figure out what we're doing next week and then we'll announce it on the twitter account I think and uh, we'll see you then next monday and you know hope you're having a good year and all that good stuff and we'll see you next week but until then nerds out out. this has been a non-productive media presentation executive producer frank hablawi